podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Welcome to episode 347 of the Anfield Index podcast. The podcast is now starting. Wow, that computer voice is just getting more realistic each and every time we hear it. And as you have been told, it is episode 347 of the Anfield Index podcast. I'm your host, Trev Danny, podcasting to you as usual from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined by a veritable bumper crew of alumni uh, to celebrate this particular podcast. I've got Lisa Marie Hannan, who is in no way connected to the voice you just heard. How are you, Lisa Marie? I'm fine, Trevor. How are you? <laughs> yes, there it is. The voice just that kidding. tells you to. No, my voice is pretty much back to normal. Um, I, I, I listened back to the episode last week. Holy God, I cannot believe y'all let me talk. Um, anyway, but yeah, no, feeling much better and um, pretty much back to normal voice. So. Excellent. Good to hear. Good to hear. And um, we're also joined after a little bit of a hiatus where he went off to be a professional footballer, amongst other professions, by Mr. Carl Kopak. How are you, sir? I've been playing a bit of football, Trev. Yeah, doing my bit for the green team. Got transferred. I now play for Queen's Pork Rangers. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you'd be glad to know that on Friday night, we, we beat Man City. Um, uh, five <laughs> <laughs> Queen's Pork Rangers beat Man Titty by five goals to four. This is tremendous. Could you give us a few more names uh, from this glorious uh, league? Of yours? The, the other team, well, I, I don't know if, if the red team have got a team. Um, they, they were sporting a beer gut. Um, <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. Which, which I think is still my favourite name. I'm going to have a look, actually. because That is. Let's, um, uh, let's have a look at the league table. Oh, look, there's us at the top. Uh, oh, Yellow Chub Marine. We beat them two weeks ago. Yellow Chub oh. Marine. <laughs> yeah, and um, um, Sporting a Beer Gut have now uh, rebranded. <laughs> they've, they've rebranded as um, Red Bull Salzburger. Oh, nice. I suggested, no, no one got this because they're all bloody young. I suggested the best team name would be Massive Attack. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, no, no one got it. I have, I have, we should really fill in a little bit of context here for people who might be new to the show or didn't pick up on the fact that Carl is currently taking part in a very, very um, competitive league, which does have a kind of subtitle catchphrase that is pretty important. Carl, the the defining characteristic of this league is? But, 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 well, uh, it's called man versus fat. So basically, it's overweight men playing football together, talking to each other, getting fitter, 
um, and you, you you win on the pitch, and then afterwards your weight loss, um, any little trick thing they've got going on, you know, little sorts of challenges are going on, or they go on to the score. So the score line was like five four, but we actually won nineteen four overall because if you track your calories every week, you get every day you get a, a goal at the end of the week and things like that. And um, it sounds like you know it's a bunch of fat lads running all over the place, but it really isn't. And with that, Carl Kopech left the conversation briefly. So we'll let him rejoin in a moment of technical horror and move swiftly to Cam Branch. How are you, sir? Yeah, good. Thanks, Trev. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good, man. I don't have uh, as many sort of entertaining uh, exercise stories as Carl, but I do have a lot of exercise stories of late because it's very much part of my life at the minute. But Apart from that, not a whole lot else. It's been quite boring. Uh, what about you, man? I know you're usually flat out at work uh, at all sorts of crazy hours. So I assume that trend has continued. Yeah, um, I started a new job four months ago. Uh, settled down now to um, I seem to be having every Monday and every Friday off. A uh, couple of lates in the week, working all working weekends. Uh, Bit of crap, but it is what it is. Job's a job, you know. Bills to pay, mouths to feed. Eldest turned 27 today. Happy birthday, eldest. And uh, yeah, there you go. So, uh, and what a lovely eldest. name you gave her, eldest. <laughs> you did, yeah. I, I was just about to ask, has eldest Beautiful. left the building? Yeah. <laughs> has eldest what? Sorry. Has eldest left the building? Yes, she has. Yeah, yeah. She moved out uh, okay. a couple of years ago. Excellent, excellent. So your your eldest twins, I, I I can't quite rival that, as you know. I know you're flexing here as the elder dada of the group, but uh, 24 isn't bad for my uh, for my rival attempt here. So I'm just going to take a little bit of a little bit of pride in that. That's that's the thing that occurs to me as I listen to your speak to you speaking there, Cam. I like you get your take on this. We were in a staff meeting. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe 20 years ago now at this stage. It was at the start of my teaching career in my current school. And the principal said something about how, you know, we as teachers all have a vocation. And he was trying basically to get us to do more for less. Do you understand where I'm going with this? It was a a productivity thing. And he was leaning into, I think, what can often be a kind of defining characteristic of a lot of teachers. They don't mind doing voluntary stuff. That's how school sports happen, stuff like that. And so I think he was trying to guilt people into doing that. He was talking about the vocation. Don't forget you have a vocation as if it was some uh, thing that had descended on us from, like, I don't know, the Holy Spirit or something. And it it was ruffling quite a few feathers, and I was still as yet young in the school, but I found myself opening my mouth to speak and uh, harass. Asim, when a colleague of mine who was uh, more standing in the school at that point said, (laughs) uh, vocation, this job is my house and my car and that's it and i thought that's probably pretty healthy attitude to have probably somewhere in between is where you go with it i hear you talking about just a job and i wonder have you always had that attitude to work it's literally a means to an end or do you do you ever do you think there's a kind of a is there a a golden zone where you can have both no i think ultimately you should a job it should never be a job it should be you it should be enjoyable you should want to go to work and it shouldn't it should feel like a hobby that you get paid for and i think if you can find that happy medium then you're in a great place 
and mm. can only be good for the mindset and uh, and that's got to be the most important thing is is your mental well-being and if you're getting up i mean right now i go to bed and thinking oh god i've got to get up in the morning because i've got to go to work and then i wake up thinking oh god i've got to go to work um but you know until you until on a personal level i can find something better that's what i'm going to carry on doing because as i said mouths to feed bills to pay but no you've yeah. got to you've, yeah. if you can find i mean maldish like like yourself she's a she's a secondary school teacher so um and she i think for her it is that it's what she's always wanted to do it's what she's always wanted to be and you know mm. she's very fortunate that yes you know she'll tell you or she tells her mum or she doesn't you know you know, I don't really talk that much, but she'll tell me the way she talks to her mum is like the whole world is on her shoulders. You know, that like she's running the school. You know, too much work to do. And you know, I, I sympathize with teachers, you know, and I think, you know, they I think they're overworked and seriously underpaid. Uh, you know, people just think, ah, oh, six weeks holidays, there ah, it's, it's the, the hours they put in during the week, during the term time, it's phenomenal. And it's so. I mean, and and also, Cam, they've got it wrong. It's not six weeks holidays. It's actually um, twelve weeks at summer and um, a further four weeks over Christmas and Easter. So that's a good sixteen weeks holiday. So they should get their facts right uh, when they're trying to belittle us. Uh, And I've always often asked, "What's the best part about being a teacher?" And I said, "June, July, and August." After a wise colleague of mine who had heard it from. um, and yeah, you do earn those days off uh, because you're paid shite and you work hard when you are working and it's fairly intense. So there's 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 definitely that payoff. Now, I believe you have a quote for us because. Yeah. Sorry, go on. You were just going to say something. No, I was just going to say that the 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 topic of work is quite interesting because it, it does segue into the little clip I have to get the show going. But right. let's see where your quote goes first. OK. Um... This is somebody we haven't heard from in a long time. So, the greatest danger in life is not taking chances. There are so many negative people wanting to grind you down, but you can't let them. If people say you are mad, you know you're on the right track. Um, is this Brian Blessed? Indeedy. Ah, the show Spirit Animal Returns. I'm delighted. Fantastic. It did, It just sounded very blessed, I have to say. It, it did, didn't it? it did. That's good. That's good. I, and I fully agree with the sentiment. And now, in this vein, and you've actually done me a solid here, I have a little conversation between um, British director Mike Newell um, and Mel Gibson from back in 1998, I think. There we go. You, you, mean, you mean your mate? My my pal Mel, uh, before he went completely mental for a while there, um, and was literally probably the big star in Hollywood by quite some distance. And he tells a story here to Mike Newell, who, you know, is a, a wonderful um, director in and of his own right. Um, but he's serving, serving as an interviewer here with this in this chat with Mel. But you can see the respect that uh, Gibson has for, for Newell. And they both have this common ground where they've both met Chris Walken and been fucking terrified of him. And I don't yeah. mean like they were in, intimidated by Christopher Walken. 
they actually think Christopher Walken may be something other than human. Now, I want you to listen to this because it's a bit mad. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. But it's entirely earnest. I, I, I assure you, you can look up, look up this interview, uh, Gibson and Mike Newell, 1998 on YouTube, and you'll see the whole lot. But here's this little chunk, this little, uh, piece about Christopher Walken. If this is a person you want to work with. Yeah. Christopher Walken, first time I ever did a casting session in America. Yeah. Terrified me. Me too. I mean, I, fucking hell. I came I, to meet the guy. They said, oh, he's flying, he's flying in from God knows where. Yeah, but he didn't miles. need a plane, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he came in, he was doing all the kind of Scorsese stuff. And I said, have you had a chance to read the script? And he looked at me and he said, do you like my face? And I went, yes. And he said, well, that's fucking great. Because if you don't, get uh, De Niro. Fuck you, I'm out of here. And stood up and walked out. And everyone said, well, that I think was quite a good meeting. No, he came to see me on a rooftop in New York. I said, hey, can I can I talk to you? And he said, sure. And he, he floated in mm. sideways mm. through a crowd of people. He was wearing black. And it was like one of those old vampire movies where they don't walk, but they glide. Mm. And he was a dancer, you know, so he has yeah, very, yeah. he's very, um, um, you know, graceful. Yeah. And he moved sideways and he just sat down in a chair next to me. And it kind of frightened me. Mm. Um, and he's a very smart guy. Mm. And we started talking and I didn't, you know, say much of anything about reading the script. Nothing. I just started talking about the Middle Ages. And, mm. and he um, and he began to talk tortures. And we saw tortures because I read this book on torture. Mm. And and I, I tried to recall some of the most heinous things I'd ever read in this book. And he was like, oh, oh, and he'd try and top it. And it, it got, and my assistant was there, and he left because he, he couldn't stand it anymore. Yeah. The, the air had turned cold. Mm -hmm. And then he left, and I, I wanted to leave <laughs> and because I knew that I didn't want to work with him. Yeah. And he was getting scary. Yeah. And then I turned around, and it was on top of the Peninsula Hotel. I turned around to avoid his steady gaze at one point. Yeah. I was looking at a building with the top of the sixes on it. So there was a huge illuminated triple six in red. And I went from that to that to that. And he, he started smiling. And I thought, oh, no, Chris Walken is the Antichrist. You know, <laughs> you do this. Uh <laughs> didn't see that one coming i have to say when i was watching this interview during the week i went holy shit that's a great little anecdote so i had to share that with you and hopefully uh some of you will have enjoyed that but, I but it works for him though doesn't it? it it works for christopher walken um because uh, you see I, I i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have had that concept of him carl i would have thought he was quite avuncular and um that type of thing and i don't know why i had that impression but i did 
Um, but you obviously you, you seem to have a familiarity with this reputation of his. I didn't know this. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's the wild staring eyes. Have you seen him in? Well, you must have seen it because because it's one of the most famous films ever. In Annie Hall, when he plays Annie's brother, and there's a scene where he's driving yeah. at night, and it's a very very young Christopher Walken, but you you don't want to be in that car. Yeah, yeah, but this this is too very serious minded creatives in Hollywood and yes of course they might be prone to a little bit of exaggeration but you can tell they were both really freaked out by this guy on yeah. a level it wasn't like oh he's uh he's you know he's quite intense it's not like they met Brando or something they met a no. guy who re- really unsettled them yeah. um so I thought I thought that was fascinating um I do I, want I us to like dive on, on, on sorry on, on the Jimmy Kimmel show when they do like an impressions round with a celebrity like Jamie Foxx or someone like that everyone's got a Christopher mm. Walken every single person who's on it because that's where you start it's like Frank it is Spencer. where you start yeah you know, but it's also you know, a def- sort of it's, yeah but it's the definition it's it's a real litmus test i mean when we were kids uh there were impressionists on british tv all the time and so there were lots of different levels of 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 impressionists some of them were shit some of them were good some of them were in the middle like and i think like I, like right yarwood right but um Yarwood, who features heavily in the latest Pat McKay book that I read there, by the way, just uh, as a little off throw, uh, throw away comment. Um, but he, uh, it, 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 to be able to do a good walking, I think means you're a pretty good mimic, I have to yeah. say, because it's very, it's very difficult. You know, you yeah. can't lean into the De Niro things or any of the other, you know, more extreme voices. It, it, it's tough. That that little thing you were alluding to, the various sort of, it's it's a, a unique speech pattern. Yeah, yes, yeah, and it's a unique speech pattern as well. I, don't, I, don't, I think you got to be good to do a good walking. So yeah, um, I think the best the the best one I heard was actually someone you wouldn't expect. It was Spacey. Spacey does an unbelievable Fantastic, walk. Yeah, yeah you've, you've heard so, that. And so does um, uh, Donna, what's his name, from Wayne's World. The book, the book oh, yeah, yeah, Dana uh, yeah. Carvey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's Barack Obama, it's fantastic as well. Uh, Didn't he do Trump too for them? Yeah, 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 he did that. He said, um, if you want to do Obama, you've got to master the word the way he says um, cup. Sugar butter cup. Like he really was the oh, okay. at the end. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But Christopher Walken is just basically it's, it's where you start. It's like your template, and you, and you go from there. It's like Michael mm. Caine, like they say doing the trivia, they do Michael Caine as you sort of you know that's where you start, and then they talk about degrees of like you know once he's had all the brandy and all the cigars and his voice goes in a bit deep, you know that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, said, yeah, that, yeah. that's yeah, where you start off. Yeah, cheeky chappy Michael Caine versus old crying man Michael Caine are very Master two Bridge. very different people. Yeah, Master Bridge. <laughs> I'll fail. I'll fail you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we should we should get cracking into some of this football stuff. And I did give a list of questions, which no doubt you've given scant attention to. Uh, you lot, you don't do your homework, which is a very big, big, big uh, frustration for. 
the teacher in me, but we will just proceed as if you have. I'm going to ask you these questions, which I've laid out as the general shape of the show. And I wanted to start with a little bit of Liverpool talk because most people will be aware what? that today is Sunday in which um, the World Cup began. And as someone who's paying scant to zero attention to it, all I heard on all I could see in my Twitter timeline was um, outrage about whatever was going on with Ecuador and Qatar. And I, I, I can't care. I wanted to care. I don't care. So there it is. I'm not going to be talking about the World Cup on these because I won't be watching it. But if anyone else wants to go ahead, it's not a stance. Well, can, but can I do I, want I to bring it say, back. Sorry, can I, can I just say, um, if you if uh, look up Mel Reddy's um, um, piece to camera for Sky Sports, about the World Cup, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. It was good. Yeah. And um, I presume she's doing that in the context of continuing to work on the World Cup, though, right? Well, yeah, yeah, because that's her job. Hmm. But, um, you know, if she didn't choose. Yeah, it, yeah. So that's, that's, that, that's my, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm driving at, though, Carl. Like, there are people who are just adopting these stances, and I want to be very clear, I'm not. You know, you, it is possible to hold two ideas in your head at once, and you can be kind of outraged at and understand that players didn't do this and therefore find yourself watching the games, and there's no judgment. I'm just yeah, really I'm interested. Watching, I'm, I'm watching it because I like football, but it shouldn't be that. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right. So so there, it's, it's, it's important, I think, there's a little bit of balance here. I... I'd love to uh, be able to contribute to those chats, but I probably won't be because um, I've started probably as I, I intend to go on with that and just freeing up a bit of space in my life for a couple of weeks when the Reds aren't um, doing anything. And by the way, if um, our AI overlords are listening, yes, I was absent all week. And yes, I will be making up for that next week and the week after. Um, I, I, I see you eyeing me sideways there, young Eddie Gibbo. Oh, and happy birthday to you, Eddie, as well. During the week, I missed all the Discord crap until it was way too late because, you know, I don't do Discord. Um, so um, I wanted to start off by talking to you about your favorite Klopp era goal and your favorite Klopp era match. And I'm going to start because I had the time of my life going back and looking at them today on repeat on YouTube because I was pretty sure where I wanted to go with this because I think the defining characteristic of the Klopp era has been the rivalry with City. And so I wanted to pick two matches that kind of meant a lot to me. And you're, you're, not, you're not going to go too far wrong with those. Now, probably if I'm being perfectly honest, the biggest match for me is just getting over the line and getting that European Cup because that meant the world to me. It always does. The European Cup's my big thing. Obviously, the league win was magic as well. And it is from that league winning campaign that I've picked my Klopp era goal. And that is the goal, which was the second of a 2-0 win over Manchester United for Mo Salah. And it comes from an alley clearance after they've had a corner and they're pushing for an equaliser. And he drives the ball upfield to Mo, who is in acres and goes on to uh, hold off the United defender and put it past De Gea. And that was the time when I felt as if the long-awaited thing was done. Um, I started to relax into the concept that we might actually, we were going to win this league. That was a massive, massive moment for me. And so it's my favorite, um, my favorite goal. By the way, there's an awful lot of... I I can tell you that in the ground, that's when the cult first starts saying, now you're going to believe us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, When that went in. You could could hear that very clearly on the TV from from over over here in Ireland as well. By the way, there's a lot of uh, uh, pinging going on. Hopefully uh, listeners can't hear that because... 
there's a chat going on in the background from the other two who are clearly not paying attention to our conversation at all, Carl, and they're just having their own. And I can hear this. I'm absolutely paying attention. End of December. I can hear this. I can hear this relentless pinging over and back. And for the second time in this podcast, I'm acting like a teacher now. Not only have you not done your homework, but now you're distracting the others from doing their work. So if you wouldn't mind. How do you know that we haven't done our homework? I just assume these things. I'm, yeah. I'm always right. I am offended. <laughs> yeah, am I your well, favorite? Let's see. Am I your favorite? You, you, go, you go to the top of the class, Carl. Go to well, the top of the class. Wasn't much of a leaderboard to begin with, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I'll take that. Wow. Listen. You know. <laughs> Copac, can you post I'm a picture delight- of your nose, please? Of what? <laughs> I can't scan my mind. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, just a picture of Believe me, no one, no one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. You, Cam, you know, it's it's really, really coming out now. I bet you are this guy in, in school as well. It's really coming out. I can see. I, know, it. I, was, and I was an angel in school. Wouldn't say. Yeah, boo yeah, to yeah. Lisa Marie's indignant. No, my little boy's the same. Won't say boo to a goose, but I'm sure. You know, when he comes out of his shell, he will be vicious. My 15-year-old was the same at primary school. Wouldn't say boo to a goose. All of a sudden in high school, school bully. How old is the lad I met, Cam? <laughs> Sorry? How old is the lad I met? But he's 13 now. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. And, and he was, you know, what, what you met that day is what he still is today. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's Hasn't nice. Changed. He's a nice kid. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's a good lad. He's a very good lad. He's too polite for his own good. That's his problem. I wonder where you picked that up from. Would there be any danger of us getting back to the show? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jack, you're trying I, to do a podcast or something. I I think you started it, uh, Trev. Uh, I absolutely did not. This is absolutely fucking... There's listeners waiting to hear what my favourite match was, and you're not I'm letting them hear it. You just said what your favourite match was. No, that was my favorite no, goal. No, that was his favorite goal. So, oh, your favorite goal. Okay, if, sorry, if sorry. I could, my bad. If, if, if I could, to Lizzie, you just listen, Marie. You let yourself down there, didn't you? May <laughs> I present that as Exhibit A? Exhibit A of your I lack was, of attention. Sorry, I uh, thought it was one in the same. Favorite goal, favorite match. My apologies. Please continue, Mister. Please Dan. pipe down. Please pipe pipe down, Hannah. And you're <laughs> distracting the class. Um, match. The match I'm going for is another city one. And I enjoyed this game so much. I think it's because I enjoyed the game so much Wait, because we were just. Stop you there. You, yeah. You, you said your, your favorite match was. You might as well keep. You might. You no, might. No, no, you might as well. I'm going to correct you now. I'm going to correct the teacher because you said my favorite match is another City one, but the goal was another Manchester United. one. Another Manchester one. You well done, City. Cam. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're well. Welcome. Well done, Cam. Yeah. Well done. Do I get any points? Fucking hell! Do you know? Do you know what you might get? Is you might get the host chair because I'm seriously thinking of fucking <laughs> off at this stage. This is glorious. Hell. It's great to be back, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. See, I'd love to see Brainy as an, um, as host of a show. It'll just be him rambling on on his own, forgetting there's other guests there, just going off on tangents <laughs> on his own. You know something. I, oh. I, how many shows do you think I've done now, roughly? I'm, I'll oh. tell you what, Cam. The worst thing is I'm listening to it. <laughs> but you know what the bad thing is? I've never hosted a show. 
Yeah, but you never wanted to. I offered no, the I option. No, I That's beside the point. I was the host several days. Well, then don't you you coming across like you, you you've no, been no, hard done by that. I was just saying I've no, never hosted a show. This is this is unbelievable. I can't believe hey, the stuff Trevor, I'm hearing in this. What's your favorite match during the clock era? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I think <laughs> if I ever host, I'll have to do it in the computer voice the whole time. I can only apologize to all our listeners for the farce this has become. Uh, and I will try to I will try to restore order here by saying before I was rudely interrupted by Branch, I meant to say it's another Manchester game. This time it is City. Um, and I had been thinking of, you know, maybe a match that had slightly more significance, like the the European Cup semi-final. But I came to this one, which was the 3-1 win in that league winning season, where we had Guardiola doing his absolute histrionics on sideline, holding up like the two two in the air, because there was two handballs that weren't given to them. And we just dispatched them in a way that was so, so lovely. Um, We were just so much better than everybody that year. It was Bloody fantastic. Um, so I did massively enjoy that, um, watching that game again. And so I'm just going to go with that because, again, I, I had a feeling after that game we were doing, Raw, I just had this feeling, Jesus, w- nobody can lay a glove on us. And that's a good feeling. I, I hadn't had that feeling as a fan um, for a long, long time. Um, maybe since the mid to late 80s, I hadn't had that feeling. And it was good. So those are my goal and match. Now, we'll go around the houses. We'll start with you, Lise Marie. What were your two? Okay, well, you you already said what I think was my favorite goal. Um, or that was the first one that came to mind. The one with Alison Sala and that Manchester United game. But I had another one. Um, and it's that same season. And it is the goal that Andy Robertson scored in the uh, RB Salzburg game where he started it and then he passed oh, it, I, I think, to Hindo, and then it goes to, anyway, Trent passes it to him. And I just love that goal because I just love the reaction. You could, It just was fun. It was, it was and, you know, I'm all for the hashtag fun. Um, but, no, I do. I like that goal. I've watched it a few times um, on YouTube. So that's I'll, – I'll use that as my favorite goal since you know, kind of stole my initial answer. And as for favorite match – I'm not sure. It may be that same season, and I think it was the win. Was it Leicester away right after? You know, was it Boxing Day or right right Boxing thereafter? Day. Yeah. Day. Was it? Yeah. Anyway, um, because you know we were expecting them all to be tired coming back from you know the oh, that no. FIFA thing, and and um, yeah, they just you know kind of smacked Leicester around. So it was, I liked that game. That's a fun game too. Well, also Leicester was second. Yes, that's right. Week. That's right. That morning, yeah. Yes, that is correct. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So, um, so I think, you know, it just seems like, yeah, there were so many games that season that they, that they won the Premier League title that, that were just so enjoyable to watch. Um, and it all kind of got lost because of, you know, the other nonsense that started in 2020, but, but it's just, it's just a shame that they weren't able to just continue that roll on through, you know, without having to have the stop. That the that the season had anyway. Yeah, but that opening part of it, like you're you're so right. Oh, yeah. It was just we were just 
nobody can lay a glove on us. It we're was flying. so so much yeah, so much fun and just uh, such a validation of all that had gone into the club at that point in terms of the recruitment and all the rest of it. it was bloody fantastic. Carl, where'd you go for goal and match of the club era? I think goal has got to be um, uh, a season where, where we didn't win the league. Um, it, it's Divock against Everton. It just has to be because um, it, yeah, it was actually this the anniversary of next week because it was just after my birthday. And uh, no, no box gifts, please. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's Brady's the week after, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And um, oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I was I was at the I was at the other end of the ground, and, the, the, and I've said this before, but the funny thing about it is one of those. We, I was, I'm, literally, I was on the front row of the Anfield Road, and um, somebody kept saying to me, "If you're the front row, why are you standing up?" To which I said, "Maybe you should try going to a few football games, mate. It's what we do." Um, so it's one of those moments where you know it's gone in because you can tell in a sort of 3D football sense that that's crossed the line. And just minutes beforehand, I have said this a few times, it was nil-nil. They threw the, 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 the canister on the pitch, the, the, you know, the, the smoke thing on the pitch, which was purple, which was funny anyway, because they got their own colour uh, to celebrate a nil-nil. And I thought, do you know what this is? This is something like the Joe Gomez derby. Somewhere, Joe's never scored for Liverpool. Um, Nil-nil. We need to win this because City were like still ahead of us in the league. We just lost to, P- lost to PSG two, three days beforehand. We need something like this. And this is where the, the romance of the game comes in. And this is going to be the Joe Gomez derby. And I literally thought that as Alisson hit the ball uh, towards the pitch. So we're going mad, obviously. It's it's doubly funny for me because loads of people have left the Kemlin Road stands with an injury time in a derby. Hope you enjoyed that, lads. Um, <laughs> to beat the traffic and so we're all going mad and then it just calmed down and then Jordan Sefton scored uh, goal scorer for Liverpool is number 27 Divock Origi and everyone around me just laughed we thought Jesus Christ Divock, we haven't seen Divock for two years and now he's scoring a goal in the last minute in the derby because the goalkeeper's only got little arms and uh, <laughs> that was just I, I, I floated to the car and I could have picked the Barca 4-0 or uh, and I think Divock's um, Divock's goal in in that Barcelona game, I think it beats Terry Max against Tottenham. Um, it's the greatest Liverpool goal ever, just cause yeah. of, just with the context and everything. So that I'd say that I'd say that's my favourite. Also, most sorry, most most iconic commentary as well, Carl, on that on the the, the oh, Barca yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's that's a remarkable moment in time right there because of that. I mean, that's that's the yeah yeah. I, I agree with you, but I love that Everton goal shout. Now, what match did you go for? I think I probably will go for the Barca just because it was just so ridiculous. I wouldn't say I gave up. Yeah. At three nil down, but I, I thought I thought early goal. Let's see. But it's not just the Divock second goal. It's Genie's header as well. Mm. Is and mm-hmm. the, no, that's the, the way he went nuts. And I saw something on Twitter today actually where someone said, um, Here's Genie's goal without commentary, just listen to the crowd. And the camera shakes a bit as well. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. So it, it probably would be that game because let's face it, the, the, the final itself was over in two minutes. Because as, as Robbo said afterwards, um, once we got the early goal, I knew they weren't going to score. We've just won the Champions League. That's the way they thought. But we're, we're not going to concede. This is our this is our A defence here. There's no weak links in this. Uh, we've won the so now that was over in two minutes really. Was, although Divock's goal tonight is just ludicrously good. 
including the greatest assist in history for Joel Matip. Um, trapped it down with his shin into his path. Um, so yeah, so they, they'd be my two. Best part about Divock's goal is how shit he'd been in the lead up to it, I have to say. Um, he, as, as a friend he, of mine said, he was literally born offside that night. Yeah, <laughs> remarkable The only stuff. thing he did, he was their best midfielder. He was absolutely terrible. And God, yet, I love that man. And yet, and yet, build a ladder statue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we find ourselves then coming around full circle to yourself, Cam, for your favourite goal and your favourite match. All right, favourite goal. I'm torn between three. Um, the Emre Chan goal against Hoffenheim at home. I just thought it was a wonderful. It was a wonderful goal. It was Gorgeous. A wonderful goal. Gorgeous. Goal. Lower, lower uh, main grandstander at that end as well. Um, pretty much in line with the. Uh, uh, 22-yard line. Um, it was just, it was just amazing. Um, the other one was I was actually in the cop that night and um, uh, that afternoon, sorry, and it was the Mo Salah goal a couple of seasons ago. Uh, last season, I think it was, sorry, um, against Man City, where he just turned them inside out. It started off with a really good team, team play, then to Salah, and then what he did, he... He took out about seven players in one move. So that one's in the mindset. And then the third one that's in my mindset is in a game we actually lost. I think it was a uh, might be about third of January 2019. I think it was second or third of January. I just landed in India. It was Cam. It was because I was. It was one of the few raws I've missed. I think I've missed about three or four. And yeah. five years. Five years. Uh, 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 is anyone else getting feedback like hell? Yeah, I am as well. Yes. What the hell? Skype is acting very weird. Sorry, listener, if you're experiencing this as well, but we're, we're just going to go with it for now. And if it gets really bad, we'll restart the call and give Gaia an editing uh, headache. Um, but for, yeah, but, but I, I know exactly where you're going to go with this because. Uh, go on. Go on, sorry. No, 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 no. I just, I, 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 I felt such guilt about missing this game, right. um, because we'd been winning and winning and winning, and then I suddenly wasn't around to host the thing. You know how, you know how superstitious people are. So I yeah. got a lot of flack for this. One. But anyway, do fill in people if they can't remember what uh, January 2019 was. January 2019, it was Man City away, and it was the Bobby Firmino goal. Um, and it was just, as team goals go, the the biggest thing I remember about that goal was the Trent crossfield pass with his left foot to Robbo to put the assist in for Bobby. And it was just a glorious team goal. So I, I want to say that one, but it was such a... And that was, I think that was the same game where... Salah had the one cleared off the line, didn't he, by 11 millimetres or something. Um, and it's just like, oh, crap. I want to say that goal, but it was an, a horrible game. It was Genie, wasn't it? It wasn't the Genie one that was 1.6 millimetres just short. Wasn't it mm, the it. Salah goal? Salah had one cleared off the line. It was oh, okay. Genie, but Salah was ch- follow, trying to follow it up or something, and John yeah, Stones yeah. cleared it off the line or something. Yeah. It was 11 millimetres yeah, stupid probably. like that. 
and that literally cost us a title that season. But I'm going yeah, to go with that Bobby Firmino goal because even though the Amre Chan goal was beautiful and it was, it, it wasn't such a high pressure game, but this game against City away was real high pressure and to score a goal like that in a game of that intensity against a team of such high quality as them, I just think was just phenomenal goal. So that's the goal I'm going to go for. Um, and your match? Our match, oh, there's so many, Trev. There's been so many iconic matches, but the match I'm actually going to go for is um, probably not... A great Losing 2-0 to Burnley? Um, no? What, 2-0 to Burnley or 2-0 to us? No, 2-0 uh, to Burnley. Yeah, um, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? So the, the match I'm going to go for is actually um, Liverpool 5, Chelsea 3. And um, mm. that was the one that actually sealed the Premier League title, ultimately. And um, Tory Fat Frank shouted at Klopp, and he's a legend for it. Frankie the Tory? Yeah. Yeah, Frankie the Tory. Frankie the Tory. That was actually fantastic, that game. I, I, it's Again, it's in, in a season where, as Lisa Marie said earlier on, everything got so badly just damaged, including the joy of winning the frickin' league, uh, which we've never really had, if we're being honest. Um, you do forget that that was a real highlight. That's a fan- That was a fantastic night, yeah. Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. I do recall that one as well. I'll tell you what we're going to do here, folks, because we are getting a lot of weird feedback, and it sounds like a lot of mic rustling and stuff like that really bugs the shit out of this... <laughs> There it goes again. That's amazing. Right on term. Uh, it, it, it annoys the crap out of uh, the, the sound nerd in me. So what we're going to do here is we're going to hang up and we're going to start again and see if that improves. And if it doesn't, what we'll do is we'll keep the show mercifully brief for you. Uh, and when we do another 20 minutes, okay. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked, and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package which includes a 48-hour no-obligation-free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Now, just to change pace a little bit, I guess, we've been all reveling in the glories. So we should acknowledge the fact that football is uh, ups and downs, and we've had a lot of ups in the club era, but maybe some of us have had a couple of experiences which were pretty bad as well and so the question i had asked you was do you ha- do you have a-, a villain of the club era 
I did say use that term as loosely as you like. So again, I'll get us started just so in case people haven't had a chance to think and they're currently doing their homework at the back of the class. Um, I want to give people an opportunity to not um, let themselves down on the microphone like they did earlier on. And so you're liking this condescending teacher tone because I can keep this up all day. Um, so I would say, I was trying to think about, <laughs> it's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> Every period is for me, not uh, for you. <laughs> I, I won't be in the uh, in the exam with you on the day and so on. <laughs> I've never um, heard that one, but I like it. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. When when a lad asks you to spell something for them, you know that's basically. Uh, so uh, I don't use any of these, by the way, just in case. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. I don't. I have my own cliches. Thank you very fucking much. Uh, Peyton Downey TM cliches, uh, which all my ex students will tell you. Uh, they also do. I get. I always get lads to do impressions of me at the end of the year as well, and the best one. Uh, we'll get a prize um, occasionally. Uh, and it's <laughs> remarkable when you have people doing an impression of you. It's kind of scary because you see these gestures that you're not aware that you do. It's quite <laughs> revealing. Apparently, 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 I licked my fingertips and smoothed down my eyebrows. I did not know I did that. <laughs> Yeah, I shit you not. That's a thing apparently that I do. Two separate impressionists over the years have done that. In the pod now. In the pod now. You can't go any further than this, surely. We're in it now. We're in it now. So my Clop era villain, uh, it purely, purely for the cartoon nature of it, and purely... Not because it was any great darkness, but because we were all able to sort of boo and hiss a little bit. And I noticed that some of the the really kind of, I don't know, I don't know where they were right on type people or whatever, but they were trying to say, hey, look, you know, you can't uh, point your finger. You can get one career. But my copier villain it's not like Dejan Lovren or something obvious like that, where people could had a lot of moans and, and, and groans. And I mean, I could have gone there quickly. But instead, I've got the Zelko Buvac, oh, who get yes, who abandoned the show at a time when we didn't need abandoning, uh, and of course, at that time, anyone who fell out with Jurgen was obviously the bad guy anyway. So for me, that was an easy villain to pick, and it's a little bit pantomimey. It could have had knock-on consequences that were very serious. But thankfully, it didn't really, and. Um, so for that reason and the proximity of Christmas, I've gone with the pantomime villain that was Zago Buvac. Now, I've obviously stolen Cam, so I'm going to give him a chance to think of one because I was going to go to him first. Oh, no, I've, Carl, got, I've got one. Don't worry. I'll be back to you. Carl, you're <laughs> Klopp, you're a villain. I don't think you can have Buvac just because, um, as I said at the time, he, he does look like he's the new incumbent of the Pole Dark series. He's got, he he's got a very he sweepy does. hair. You you whack him in a big shirt and a waistcoat, and put a cutlass on his his hip, and he's your man. Whole dark. You know, I never finished it, watching that. I need to get back to that one. What's, what's the seventies one's better? Yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> well, the seventies one is absolutely hilarious. But to be fair, the um, smouldering Irish lad in the new one Ooh, is yeah. why all. Is I like smouldering Irish. Lit- lad. 
<laughs> oh really? We yeah, we we, we, we might have guessed that Louise and Ray might have been attracted to I know. Aiden or Cliche. whatever. Can't help myself. <laughs> but but there we go. Like I mean he's inter- he's he's an interesting character, but I'm t- you put Selko Buvach in Poldark, or as you're supposed to say it, Poldark. Uh, and you you will find that he doesn't really have the requisite um, Hollywood bone structure and face. So he's going to be a bad guy, I'm afraid. I'd watch. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, I think I, I would too. I think I would too. So if we can't have Zelko, who are you going with? Uh, I don't really know. I don't, to be honest, I don't really think about villains that much. So I think I'm just, just because I always do, I'm just going to say Jim White because he's a gobshite. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's got to be within the club. There must be someone that annoys you, Carl. I'm not having it that nobody in the club doesn't annoy you on it. Very oh, so it's got to be in the club. Oh, it's in the club. You didn't specify that. Oh, that I, was I, obvious. Got, I got the one, but come on, read between the line. Oh fuck it, Peter McDowell. <laughs> oh yeah. Peter McDowell does my fucking head. Uh, and for oh, Liverpool, <laughs> fuck off. He's not wrestling. You <laughs> God, that fucking annoys me. <laughs> And every time he does it, Anfield, my brother-in-law laughs because I always shout to him when I ran me, don't, don't cheer that. Don't cheer it. It's cringy as fuck. Just get George to read the teams out and you can go back to your fucking small coffees and old boots. Frick. <laughs> just my fucking head oh in Oh, my God. It's the most on-message callback answer ever. Honestly, that fucking prick, he does my head in. I don't know if this is coming across. <laughs> oh, Peter, I like and that. Even for if he does. Liverpool. <laughs> and they all go, <laughs> like Not the Pavlovian fed dogs they are. <laughs> I think you shouldn't have said that, Fred, that it had to be within the club. I actually I applied for the job of Mighty Red work, just so yeah. I could get to him on the pitch. <laughs> oh my god I did not see the uh, someone attacking the Liverpool crowd as Pavlovian fucking dogs uh, <laughs> but this is this is where we're at ladies hey, and gentlemen this Peter is where that for Liverpool <laughs> yeah we, we got by we, we got by without that shite for years mate to be honest so yeah it's not mighty red after mighty that red. mighty red mighty red why oh, Red's close? He was very close for me. I'll be honest with you. That fucking twat. He was very close for me. Um, I've got, I've got so my, my mate Steve said, uh, um, "Is he supposed to be a dinosaur?" Well, here's hoping for another ice age, which I thought was particularly inspired. <laughs> 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 or a fucking asteroid or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Adric. Believe me, that's how. <laughs> Have that, my dear. Have that. Okay, I love it. Great. Uh, Lisa Marie, what about you? Like, I mean, you know, uh, as Carl rightly points out, it's, you know, villain, is it? Like, and I tried to say that in the question. It's um. Well, you did that, relative... but you didn't specify that it had to be within the club. So where did you go? Did you pick out, like, a <laughs> Pep Guardiola or something? I... Is that what you... Well, all right. I was... Because, you know, I love everyone, and, and I really can't truly hate anybody except Harry Kane. Um, but... Um, which, that's not my choice. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I was, I said all the officials, the referees. Oh, <laughs> actually, this is because, good. I like you know, know. <laughs> And you yeah, can even like love VAR in there with it. Just, you know, 
Mm. That was where my mind went. Yeah, Do you know what? That requires that requires no more conversation. It's a fantastic one. I think you're dead right there. Um, there, are, I, I, of course, every other club would say that we get all the decisions, which is quite whatever. comical. But I, yes, whatever. I agree with you completely. Uh, Cambridge, your Klopp era villain. Okay, I mean, I'm sure many people are screaming at us and saying, why haven't we said John W. John w. Henry in FSG? Oh, please. Or, oh, fuck yeah. I mean, you know, there, there will be folks there, you know, screaming, oh, saying, yeah. they are the villains, because obviously they didn't do enough for Klopp and blah, blah, blah. Um, but oh, what I'm going to go with is actually two people, because I think there's a connection. And um, Carl, you're going to love me for this, because I'm surprised you didn't go with it. And that's... Navi Keiter and Jordan Henderson. Oh, I was hell. wondering if someone was going to go there when you started talking, you know, Liverpool related. I told you there was going to be fireworks earlier. So, um, I, I, I just half of that. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> they're the villains, aren't they? Because no matter what they do, they're wrong. And what, whatever they do wrong, they're right. In, yeah. in everyone's eyes, you know, that. They are the villains because at the end of the day, all they both ultimately want to do is play football and try and play to the best of their ability and help Liverpool win games. That's all they both want to do. Yes, but... And that's yeah. it. And that's the bottom line. It, it doesn't matter regardless of how good or bad they are, or whether they're available or not. One person doesn't deliberately get injured, n- never to play. One person doesn't deliberately lose his legs and not quite be the player he was three or four years ago. And you know, do everything that he can to represent the club brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we've got to think of his back, lad. You know, it's (laughs) got to think of his back, it's very important. You know, he carried our club for years, did that lad. So, um, I was actually going to say one of his goals actually against Man City in 2013 14, but it wasn't the one one where I shouted for God's sake. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I thought because I thought, don't shoot. Yeah, and yeah, and it was a great goal. And that I actually nearly had tears in my eyes that day, so I thought we genuinely were going to win the league after that game. But anyway, I, I digress. So, but yeah, so for me, it's um, it's a uh, Nabi uh, Nabi lad and uh, Jordan. Yes, which by extension means that you're villain. And I'm surprised none of us thought of this because it's staring at us a mile away. The villain in that case, from what you're talking about, is neither of the lads, but in fact the lunatics who take up one side or another and batter the other uh, side with it. So the big villain, actually, now that I think about it, of the Klopp era has been the online fandom. That's a fact. But they're not take real that fans. to the bank. They're not real people. You can take that to the bank. You, they're not real you people. can take that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, no, you know what? Yeah, you're right. There's an element right. of yeah. truth to that. Yeah. When when people when people get get stuck behind an avatar of like uh, you know cool Firmino seven five nine they can say whatever they fucking want and they do and they're the worst like I've it's been really dark realization for me over the last several years to realize that some of the worst humans stand under the same banner as me mm-hmm. uh, on match day some of the darkest most diabolical humans that say the worst shit uh, stand under the same banner as me. And that's 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 oh, villainous right there to 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 go dark on it. 
I have one more question and maybe two more because this has gone this has gone longer than I thought. The first one, <laughs> really, I'm gonna, really, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fr- I'm gonna frame them up, right? I'm gonna frame them up. Um, the first one up is about tactical awareness and whether or not it enhances your enjoyment of football. And the second one is about fantasy football. And I just have one simple question, which is why. So I want to talk about both of these things because they are things that really, really, especially given um, the channel that we're on, have real significance. I mean, there's a show, I believe, about fantasy football with some great lads. And there's obviously uh, huge amounts of statistical uh, and uh, tactical analytics on the uh, channel as well. So the first of the questions that I want to t- uh, kick, kick around between us all is simple. Does deeper tactical awareness of the game enhance your enjoyment of football? Now, can I just frame it up properly? First of all, clearly, the more you know about something, then the more you can respond to the thing itself. I you think that goes. No experts lying, Cam. You know, you know, you know the emails we get from I'm sick. I'm sick of experts. You know, yeah. the people talk about all that stuff he's been doing lately. This is just his latest version of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, Brexit all, all over it's again. Just, it is, yeah. It's, it's just, just there we go, 2016. Just... Okay, well, let me continue to frame it up. Despite your character assassination, let me continue to frame it up. Obviously, the more knowledge you have about something, the more you understand it, and therefore, theoretically, the more you'll enjoy it. However, may I posit the example of children who know sweet fuck all about the game except that they really love a team or adults who know sweet fuck all about the game but have latched on to the feel of what a team is and supporting that team and they can have and i've seen them viscerally in the moment the greatest joy uh maybe unencumbered by the fact that they know a little bit too much about what could possibly happen or is currently happening over there on the left wing uh, uh which leaves us constantly open they're just jo- jo- enjoying and reveling in the goal itself so i take it back to that question in its simplest form can, can, I, can i add one thing to that Trev? what about fans add one thing are, to what? uh they, they, they sort of because i think this this falls into the same category People who support player, not team. Because that is a definite thing with modern football. It's a, that's a touch of a red herring, because we are talking about the game here and the understanding I know, of the game. I know, but I, think, but I think this is part of it, because I think people are now beginning to less enjoy football and enjoying how their lad's doing, rather than how a team's well, doing. Uh, 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 I, I, get that. I, I get that. Can you be happy if United have lost, if Ronaldo scored a hat-trick? Yeah, I get where you go with that. So that, that 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 but I guess it frames the one one half of this debate up in a very negative light yeah. that because like you said there are there are also pure as the driven snow kids who are just literally having the time of their lives uh, without knowing too much about the uh, uh tactical goings on. So Cam, I'll Can start I with you on this one. I mean to that. Just very, very Christ quickly. alive, lad. Yes. <laughs> no, it's really, really quick. Carl, they the, that person will be really happy if they triple captain Ronaldo. In fantasy football, oh, that's the thing, yeah. Could but you, that is could, the thing, that, that, could, could and, you and, it, and it's valid, you know, it's a valid fuck thing. Me. Fuck me! Oh my god, <laughs> can you wait until the next question, which is about fantasy football? I, but oh, I, I just have to put it in there. It's, this is the most stressful ex- experience I've ever had hosting a podcast. I can't fucking understand what's happening. Really? You want to be Peter McDowell when I'm in the third row of the main stand, mate? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? You finish this show, finish the show yourselves. I'm going to put my mighty red costume on and fuck off. <laughs> the worst thing is I've got mates at the club and I'm a bit worried now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have. You've gone too far, lad. I, I, I wanted. I was trying to rein. I was trying to rein you in, but oh no. Um, I don't think I'm going to get the job, you know. No, you're out. <laughs> Stadium announcer. Can you imagine that. Is this prick again? Look, he's not picked him, is he? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Number nine for me now. Again, obviously. <laughs> No, it should not be a bit more like, <laughs> hey, yeah, lad. Hey, yeah, lad. Yeah. Number nine for me. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, he's playing Bobby. He's playing Bobby like. Oh, Your phone's going, lads. Your phone's going, lads. I've got my phone's going. My phone's going. Okay. bring us back. Bring us back. No, no, no. Does it? Yes, does it enhance your enjoyment of the game or not? There was a question in there, wasn't there? Um, Go on, answer it. Um, a little bit of a little bit does help, and don't get me wrong. I mean, since I used to watch football in a very simplistic way, and it was like I just wanted to see great passing, great tackles, great defending, great great attacking. And I used to see it very simplistically, in that the ultimate was to to get the goal, score the goal. I didn't care how that goal was scored. But since uh, I suppose I've, I've joined the AI channel and, you know, I, I do have more of an awareness now of tactics. And I do look at certain things and and certain formations and, and think about that more in the way that, you know, the team is playing. I mean, I'll give you a prime example now. When it was the 88-89 season, that's probably, you know, one of the most memorable seasons that we you know we can all remember for for various reasons and you know with with some brilliant football players you know under a brilliant manager under Kenny we never really thought about tactics at all it wasn't really in my mindset then you know it was just about wow what a great goal Barnes he just scored or how fantastic were we against Nottingham Forest when we batted them 5-0 or whatever and, and and stuff like that you know the goals are or the Barnsley goals against QPR that you always used to seem to leave David Seaman just standing rooted where he was and now I'm w- watching games and and it's like I, the goals I mentioned to you earlier they were tactical goals I don't remember a team goal from 10, 15, 20 years ago but I'm remembering team goals now about the way the team played and, you know like I can remember like I said to you the Trent pass with his left foot cross field away from home three years ago, four years and I don't even remember yesterday you know, you asked me about certain games. I can't remember. And I was at those games. But now, so that, that tactical awareness is coming into my mindset now. And that's probably a good thing as well, because when you listen to Klopp in interviews, you know, when he's being interviewed, he wants to talk about tactics. He doesn't want to talk about, you know, player A did this or and what do you think, you know, you know, and you know when a journalist will ask him a stupid question, and you can see the frustration in him and the anger almost. He wants to talk about football the way football he feels should be spoken about, and so that, yeah, I, I I do like the fact that I do now have a, a little bit more tactical knowledge. Obviously, I'm not a Brundish or a Kennett or a Rhodes or a Candon, 
you know, to that level of a, a tactical knowledge, you know, some of them have got like specific qualifications in regards to football. So, you know, I'd never be like that. But one of the AI pods that I used to really, really enjoy, and I'm really sorry we don't have it anymore, was um, Paul Dalglish and Dan Rhodes when they used to do their tactics podcast. It was brilliant. It was really insightful. And, you know, um, yeah. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's my answer. I think that's an interesting one. Yeah, no, it's good. You've 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 gone to several different areas there, and I think a lot of people will be nodding their heads listening because I mean I say that the games you mentioned there it brings me back to when I I was the age I was then I was obviously playing football as a kid, a uh, teenager um, when Liverpool's wonderful late eighties uh, through to nineteen nineties sort of era team. Uh, mid 80s to 1990 that's that was my 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 teens i think i was 16 17 1990 right so i i remember playing the game and i was lucky i I got playing with a good team and i got promoted pretty quick and you know we were playing with this um i was playing with a really good side in a pretty decent league and i was getting all excited that i might have a chance of playing ball you know and all that kind of stuff i didn't know what i was doing buddy I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. We didn't really train in that way. We trained in that what you hear was the old school Liverpool way. Our club, the the good club that I was with, it was all about small sided uh, uh, games and training, a little bit of running. It was totally unsophisticated tactically. Um, practicing practicing free kicks, forget about it. It's just yeah. like maybe one lad might go down with a bag of balls on his own. So I think that's really really interesting. The game any less than in fact. As a fan, watching it, I think I enjoyed it probably just as much, if not more. I feel sometimes burdened by any extra knowledge that I have now. And that's, Lisa Marie, I'm I'm going to come to you next on that, because what do you think about that as a concept, that almost the more you know, the more there are reasons you have to be concerned and worried? I I, I think there is something in that, Trevor, because, you know, okay, so, I mean, I've been around the game you know, since I was since I was younger, I never played, of course, but I had brothers that played. And so I, you know, was drugged to the fields and, you know, everything else. And um, so, you know, I've always been aware of the rules, general tactics, et cetera. Um, but it's not been but the last couple of years that, you know, that I've had more of awareness of, OK, you know, four, three, three versus, you know, four, two, three, one or, you know, or whatever those, you know, how we set up the team and, you know, and the, and the specific tactics. And 
and I feel like I'm at a point now where I have enough knowledge to understand what we're trying to do in a game, but I don't want to. I, I think you're right. Sometimes when you have too much of that knowledge, you're losing kind of the big picture and the overall joy of watching the game. And you and you're you're focusing on, you know, where is, you know, where where's Trent? Where is he supposed to be? And why isn't he doing that? And, and you know what, you know, all of those different things or or whomever. Um, and, and I think you do lose a little bit of of just the enjoyment of of watching the team play when you get bogged down. Would that be a good way to say it in in all the different tactical mm, stuff? Mm. But 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 there's that happy medium. I mean, you know, again, I enjoy watching more because I do have a better understanding of the tactics. You know, and I will listen to, um, you know, the the under pressure podcast, and I don't know half of what the terms mean that they're talking about. I'm not going to lie, um, but I do like, you know, it 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 helps to to kind of have a bigger picture of of what we're trying to accomplish when we're when we're playing. So so I think you just have to, and I mean I think the point for myself is probably different than the point in knowing about tactics would be for yourself or for Cam or for Carl or for anybody. I mean, I think everybody has a different line, you know, on that. Not everyone, you know, some people might be, you know, they know the players' names and that's all they need to know. <laughs> They're good. Um, and, and more, you know, want to know all of all of those specifics. So it's, it's kind of what I think there's, I think there's a lot. What works yeah. for you. There's there's a lot to that, Lisa Marie. There's a lot to that, and that's kind of where I was trying to drive the bus initially. Like, to, it's on, on, far be it for me um, to try to, you know, sound some big inclusivity klaxon uh, at this point, but that's kind of what I meant by it. Exactly what you just said, which is like, you know, you can see kids, you can see people who are, who are at their second game and they just are taken. Um, and they, they're just wildly excited. I've brought people to games and had that experience of vicariously enjoying the game even more because of their excitement. And Carla, I know over the years that must be something that you've had as well, where you're with someone who is possibly new to the team or uh, to the game in general, and, and, and here you are watching a match with them and you see him getting swept up. And it's, it's, it's a really, really lovely thing to watch. And I would question then, you know, sometimes uh, this I'm going to bring it, bring you back towards this. Is it more sometimes of a, a burden uh, to have a deeper knowledge of the game? Like Lisa Marie says, like, why isn't player X where they're supposed to be now? Um, my God, we're wide open. I know when I'm watching a game and we're one nil up and I can see there's a big area of the pitch that's completely unattended. I'm not enjoying the moment. I'm shitting myself because I want someone to run back into that fucking area to fill it. And, you know, it's as simple as that. It's like, you know, this. I don't mean, I'm not trying to suggest that's profound football knowledge. I'm just showing you an example of, well, that's something where I probably know too much for my own content at this point. I should be just busily watching what's going up up near the corner flag and not worrying myself about a potential counter-attack, which would leave these two guys on our one guy. Oh, shit. But that's where my brain goes. And so I think I have to admit and say the more I know about the game, possibly at times the less simple enjoyment I get from it. What's your take on this? I think think that's a really, really interesting thing. I mean, mean, 
Um, you talk about taking someone to the game. So my girlfriend was at the City game with me uh, in the main stand. And um, and she knows who the players are and what have you. you know, she's been to the San Siro. And you know she, she knows who's who. And at one point she turned to me, in injury time, with like all that injury time we had, and she just said to me, how do you do this every week? I said, why? So you got injured. She said, this is killing me. Just because it was that yeah. tense, you know, we're hooping the ball away from yes. keeping away from Robo from Robo yes. up front. Um, I think it really depends on sort of what you're in the game for. And I've done tactic shows, so I'd sort of try and I've obviously I've done hundreds of us, we all have done hundreds of podcasts. Um, so I I am quite interested in particularly when I'm at the game, of seeing who's knocked off, as Grace Graham Sinness used to say. Always look for the person who's just 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 slipped concentration. There was a goal, was it the Brighton, I think the Brighton game, where uh, there was a goal which was, if you had sat by me, you could see um, maybe five seconds before it went in because you saw the pass that was going to lead to the pass that was going to lead to that bit of ground. That's someone would yep. knock off and that's a goal and that happened. So, you know, you get to see that. I think, I mean, we're into football for different things. That's hence, hence my point about some people aren't into football, they're into Ronaldo or, or Mbappe or, you know... Um, uh, or bizarrely Curtis Jones from a negative point of view um, don't understand that um, but I you, you, one thing I, I said about I was at the Southampton game and one thing that really struck me when it came out and I said this to my brother-in-law is can I just say I really enjoyed the game and now it's difficult for us to watch the game because we're so emotionally tied to it and think you know I don't care if we're bad if we win 1-0 that's all that matters I genuinely enjoyed watching that match and sometimes I do miss that sense of this is entertaining. And even if it's not a particularly good game, you can you can enjoy the sort of attritional value of the game, um, which is why I genuinely love watching Man City play when, when they come to Anfield, just because they, that's that's what you're supposed to be like. That's They're that good. And they really are. Um, and, and I've said this loads of times, I would watch Phil Foden eat an orange in front of me and I'd video it on my phone because you think he's fantastic. Um, you do have, to, there are times when we are supposed to be enjoying this as a spectacle, but it's difficult because we're tied up in it to such a degree that it can put you in a bad mood or it can turn your day in either for, but, but in terms of tactics, I do like the tactics because I like it when people change formations, like, you know, clocked it early on this season for a bit. And then he went to a diamond for a bit. And I do like that because it makes me think, Maybe we're going to find a player who we didn't think could play in that position, but now they can. That's interesting. So obviously with the with the, with the Klopp era, I'd say it's my God, it's, it's the fullbacks who are doing the creative stuff. He didn't come in on day one and say, "Oh, I think you two, by the way, could could feed all the three strikers and the mid, the midfield lads could just fight it out in a sort of sunlight reenactment every single game, but not create much. It's all coming through you." That big that and and Firmino, the whole weirdness that is Roberto Firmino's position, where he's a striker but not a striker but not a midfielder, but he's sort of a midfielder and he's sort of a ten, but he's a number nine really. Um, you don't just get that, and it, it's been fascinating for me to watch that change. So I think it's nice if you've got a little bit, but I agree, too, too, too much is too much, definitely. I don't want to not enjoy a game because Curtis Jones ran ten yards to the left. I enjoy the fact that it is it is genuine theatre played out by very, very professional footballers. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I love where we've gone with that because we've gone down, I think, every available avenue on that one. Um, and and, and it's, to me, it's, it's, it's one of those questions that I think if I was still writing, I'd be writing about endlessly because it's, 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 it's the, the concept of the burden of knowledge versus the freedom of not having it. And it's the concept of the joy of knowledge versus the uh, ignorance of not having it. And the two things at both sides of those two different sets of opinions have uh, have a lot to recommend them. And, and I, I guess, you know, as with everything, perhaps the truth is somewhere in the middle of all of those because I do notice that the most profoundly upset people are the people who have oftentimes the most deeply, deeply entrenched interests in a specific area of the game, be that tactics or, as you said, Carl, a specific footballer. Uh, It's interesting. It's interesting. And it's certainly, uh, it speaks more to human character, I think, than it does to perhaps our, uh, our, our desire to know or not know a subject. Look, I can't help but notice that we've clicked around now to 32 minutes 40 on the second of our little chunks here, which you will hear, no doubt, listeners, uh, there was a crude edit in the middle of the show because we had some sound issues. I honestly don't know what that's about. I'm going to blame Skype um, entirely for this. Uh, and Lisa Marie, earlier on, I'm just seeing the thread now. Well, I said, yeah, we go through these questions and some said, oh, we'll barely get through three or four of them. And we've actually gone to three, um, not That's four, because said, we don't. <laughs> yeah. So we, I, I didn't realize what you were saying earlier on. So now we absolutely will not have time. We don't have time to talk about fantasy football, but just so people understand, here's what we're going to be doing next week. I am not changing this. This is a good run. Here's next week's show. I say next week, it'll probably be a few days' time. Fantasy football, your best T-shirt. Who's playing you in a biopic? What's a good book? What's a good album? And you each have to come up with a surprise topic of your own. That's our next show right there. And we're going to finish this one now on about the 700-minute mark uh, with apologies for whatever sort of weird sound effects we've had delays and we're hearing each other late and i know i know how annoying that is as a listener i listen to more podcasts than anyone else who's actually currently listening to this show i can pretty much guarantee you that i'm not quite um eddie gibbs listening to seven thousand podcasts at one and a half and two times speeds no but i do listen to a lot and sound quality is important and i i I'm a nerd about it. And if it's been rough for you over the course of this one and people have been talking over each other, I have cringed every moment you have, listener. I apologize for that. It will not be that way in the future, I hope. I don't know what happened today. And I'm going to blame the medium rather than the uh, wonderful folk I've been working with. It's nothing to do with them. And I assure you, it's not a fault on my end. So we're just going to blame the tools like a good workman does. And we'll finish up by going around and saying thanks to everybody and see if they have anything that they want to plug. And just in the vein of something that Carl said earlier on, um, it just reminded me a little bit, you know, if you do have a job that you really want to do, and mine is this, you got to just put yourself out there. This is me doing that, right? What I want to do is this all the time. And I'm delighted to be able to do it with Anfield Index. Uh, and I have my own show called The Great Stories, which I would love to be much bigger. 
and it occurs to me that the uselessness of Twitter as a medium is quite stunning and I've been relying on it um, and it's like I said pretty much awful bar the fact that you know there are some people who have I've managed to contact through it who've been wonderfully supportive but if you are listening to this and you're curious about the great stories, go to greatstoriespod.com and go and have a look at that website and see if there's something on there that you'd like to do uh, to listen to. And if it takes you your fancy, you might consider um, contributing to the website and the ongoing uh, support of the show because that right there, I'm putting it out there into the universe is what I want to do as a career. 100% full time uh, and if I have my choice over the next couple of years that's what I will be doing so I'm trying to get my ducks in a row so that that's a possibility it feels like it's a long way off now but who knows uh, and the only way it will happen is if people like your good selves who are listening uh, are interested enough to support it so that's my little spiel unashamedly Kapaki in there I have to say Carl what about you any final thoughts? Um, what have we got coming up? Uh, we are recording the next episode of Sherlock, Madeleine, and Amberley with my friend Paul Edwards, um, who did the, the car bunker for us. We've just come up to the Dancing Men, which is a legendary story. And you should have a look at that one, Trevor. Actually, it's just nuts. Uh, and so I'm going to grass in the ball. It's on hold at the time for the time being. I'm trying to get Joe Thomas to write about the 1958 Welsh team who got to the quarterfinals uh, and have never qualified since, but from now. Um, and I think that's about it, I think. I'm writing I'm writing my third novel at the moment. But uh, that, that one's... Oh, just by the by, like, just, just fucking <laughs> by the by, you're writing your third novel. Did, did, you third just slip that yeah, in you there at the end. Just, you, you, yeah. you won't be seeing that for a bit, let's just say that. Can I can I just ask you a little? This is uh, totally um, uh, inside baseball. Would you re-up me in the SGG group because I got a new phone and all my WhatsApp groups oh, disappeared. Okay. So, so pop me back into that if you would. Uh, uh, that is fantastic. Go and look at From Adler to Amberley. What what episode are we on now? How many have you got out? Oh, we've stage, just Carl? done, um, we had the live show with, with Bert Cools and uh, Lefty Klinger, which was, which was petrifying. I've got to save my host point of view. Uh, we've just done, what's that one we did? The Norwood Builder, which I love. Um, although my, my colleague John just kept saying yes but it involves rabbits because uh, it does uh, and we've come up to the dancing men the dancing men is the what, one what, where what, the... sorry second roughly how many have we got in the canon at this stage oh so there's, there's three sets of 12 and we're in the third episode that's it, the, the third story of the third so we think we're about halfway excellent out. so it's just another right. seven years that's to it go. that's it tremendous stuff Uh, do go and listen to those podcasts go and have a look at some green grass in the ball one of the most original football websites you're going to see Um, we can 100% say that the the articles are not in any way Liverpool related they're football related and quirky football related and that's the best thing about it and you know we had Stephen Scrag on here at one stage uh, and Scraggy's books are tremendous and kind of in the same vein Uh, you know pick an interesting topic and 
you go and do you son or you go and do you girl and that's what we've got on that website it's wonderful and all under the curation of young cop back there so go and have a look at that if you haven't listen to really funny about that is, um, I, I don't know if you know the um, um alice james is a bit of a hero of mine on radio five he's a welsh football fan comedian stand-up comedian and um on, on there's a podcast around called the socially distant sports bar and there's a book review and he has um, he just says Stephen Scrag's just my hero. So I've sort of introduced them on Twitter. <laughs> Scraggy, he's talking about you again. Just because he, he likes really neat stuff like, you know, the Cup Winners Cup final in 1963, you know, that sort of stuff. So that's, really oh, that's nice. a lovely crossover. Yeah. Listen, that's, that's an crossover. amazing impersonation of Carl Copper. Then. I know, I've been working on it. <laughs> that was superb. You yeah. you need to forget yeah, that yeah, computer yeah. voice now. In fact, in that <laughs> case, you, you could. It was Lisa Marie who was doing the Peter McDowell stuff before, in case any of my friends at Liverpool hear this. <laughs> oh, nice. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Fuck you. You're, you're on your own there, lad. You're on your own there. You, you, you dug that hole. You can fucking sit in it, lad. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's tremendous. <laughs> uh, last, uh, as, as I was saying, Lisa Marie, anything you want to mention? by way of uh, finishing up uh, before we go yes if I could please um so Thursday is Thanksgiving we're here in the U.S. so um to any of our U.S. listeners wish you a happy Thanksgiving um and as I said last year around time of Thanksgiving I mean this podcast is participating and chatting with you all on a regular basis is one of the things in my life that I am thankful for so thank you for that and I will be baking approximately 55 or 60 pies this week so yeah anyway um i'm exaggerating only slightly i think i'm baking 10 um but anyway so yeah <laughs> apple blueberry and pumpkin for those who are interested um, so look for the that's pictures exactly on, what i was going to ask you yeah so yeah i mean of course pumpkin pie is the traditional thanksgiving you know sort of dessert and i mean uh years ago i didn't really care for pumpkin pie so I made an apple pie, and so it kind of became a thing. And then probably about five or so years ago, blueberry pie is a very New England thing, um, and that's where my husband's family is from. And so I baked a blueberry pie. And so, yes, so now I bake all three for our family on Thanksgiving. And then um, actually I have baked pies for um, a couple of my coworkers have paid me to make pies for them at Thanksgiving so little side side venture I've got going on there so yeah um yeah so that's why there's a lot of pies being made this time of year that's okay I enjoy it I, that I had be, no. Trevor if I had my wish of something I could do it would probably be right. to bake yeah I love this I, would, I love I would this enjoy. <laughs> I mean it, maybe not full time but but it's something that I really have have thought about, you know, doing as kind of a little bit of a sideline, um, especially now that the kids are older and I have a little more free time in my life. So, um, yeah. So anyway, possibly we'll see. Stay tuned for the future, folks. Oh, absolutely. Let's see where that goes. I'm really interested <laughs> in that. That's fantastic. Uh, Cambrian, let's finish out with you, my friend. What is it you'd like to plug or mention just to finish the show out? My mommy told me. If don't I don't don't do all of it, please. He may he listen. Oh God. 
No, God. I've got nothing. Just a goodbye, folks. It was it was emotional. That's okay. That's okay. Just so that people don't don't completely lose the plot there and wonder what <laughs> how, what happened to you. Have you had a psychotic break? What happened there is Brenchy's reiterating the song that he put a little voice note for us all to listen to before we entered the the Skype chat originally. And I think now that I listen to it again, that's probably what fucked the sound from the beginning. That's probably <laughs> there's something there's something deeply there's something Wait, deeply what? wrong. Somebody carried yeah, it on after yeah, me as well. Yeah, something deeply you know? wrong, dude. I, may I don't know. There's something deeply wrong there about that. It, it's 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 upsetting. It's disturbing. Uh, <laughs> I wish you hadn't done it. And I think I think, <laughs> I think you know this. You this screwed is, this is the longest one hour podcast in history. <laughs> you know what? Could I give a shit, man? Could I give a shit? The <laughs> listeners deserve this because we 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 you know. We've we've screwed them over with the technical <laughs> stuff. So they, they, if they they're get still the, they listening, get... it'll be a miracle. <laughs> they're definitely listening, man. Oh, they're definitely listening. You will be getting comments about this tomorrow. I guarantee you that. Oh, I, uh, please don't. You may be. I won't. Don't be, let me but... down. Uh, let I'm... me. Don't let me down. <laughs> At Cami Branch on Twitter. Get on to it. Is that what it is? All I right, can't... we should wrap it up at this. I don't. Yeah, man, something like that. We should wrap it up at this stage. Uh, it has been a blast and it has been over long, but we did have some difficulties to overcome. So hopefully you'll bear with us on those and they weren't too distressing for you. I've been Trev Downey. You heard Lisa Marie Hanahan and Carl Kopek and Cam Branch. This is the Anfield Index podcast and we'll be back to you sooner than you might think. Good luck. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.